Okay, Daf Peites. We're actually in the middle of the story on Peches Amid Beis. We're just to catch us up again. Rabbi Yehuda held that the wife who wrote this living will, all right, maybe not a living will, but certainly she gave the nechasim to her son. Rabbi Yehuda held that the Baal can be mitziyet, and Rabbi Yerbeir Baraba, who's the brother, came to defense and said, "Hey, look, there's a Mishnah in Bava Basra that says that if a ben is machar, once the father dies, the sale goes through. It's mashma. It's only a ma'akiv while the father's alive. But the lekech is zeicha, and there's a machlokes Rabbi Yechon Reish Lakish. If it goes so far as to say." even when the Ben dies during the lifetime of the father. So now we're at the last skinny line. They went back to Rabbi Yehuda saying, hey, Lamais, he's right. He's got a Mishnah from Masech Baba Basra. That does seem to imply that the Kenyan Paris that's owned is not enough to be Ma'akav Mahira, and therefore also Rav Abba's Kenyan Paris and his wife's Nechzeh Malug would not be enough to prevent her from giving the Nechassim to Rav Shmuel Baraba. So Amr Lahu, he said, no, it's not arrived from the Mishnah Baba Basra because Hachim Shmuel Zu Eina Daimel Mishnah Seinu. The case of a wife giving away the Nechassim is not similar to that Mishnah of the father giving to the son. My time, because on Rabbi Yosef, if the Mishnah would have said the opposite case of Akaisif Nechasif Lo'aviv, that the son is giving it to the father, where you have no other compelling reason, then that that Kenyan Paris is not enough to be Ma'ak of the sale. But the Mishnah Babasar is talking about where a father is giving his Nechasim to his son. Now, why is a father giving Nechasim to his son? Isn't the son going to inherit it anyway? He's anyway going to inherit it, so clearly he's trying to do something above and beyond the regular Yerush. So we can assume that the father intended to give his son the schusim to sell it even during the father's lifetime, even though the son only had received the Kenyan guf and not the Kenyan payers, but that was part of what the father gave him. Amr le'abaya, is back to Yosef, otu bro yarisaba. You're making it sound like it only would work if a son would inherit the father, you have that kind of a svara. But abala yaris bro, let's say the Mishnah would have said that the son was giving it to the father. A father also inherits his son. You have to learn that the Mishnah, if it would have given the opposite case, we would have said, if the son is writing to his father, it's because he wants to keep the nechasm away from his own son. That's why he's giving it to his father. So there's also a svar here. You're giving it to, the father's giving it to the son, even though he's going to yarshin it. Yeah, but he wants to be ma'akiv it from the other brothers potentially being yarshining. So we got the kasha again. What did Shmuel mean? He said that the isha writing a living will, giving her nechasim olug, is not daima to that mission in Baba Basra. Elamai ena daima la mishnah seinu mishum takanas usha. Because of that, Takanas Usha, what's the Takana to Amar Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Chanina, but Usha is Kinusha Isha. Shemachar b'nechzeh melug b'chayi b'aylo u'mesa, a woman went ahead and sold off her nechzeh melug while her husband was still alive, and then she dies. Habal meitzim yada l'kuches. That husband has the ability to go to those l'kuches, the people who bought it from his wife, and take the stuff back. So you see that Takanas Usha gave the husband stronger than usual schusim, and based on that, Rabbi Abba could block his wife's matana to Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. Omer of Idi Bar Ovin, Afana Nami Tanina. We even learned about this Takanas Usha in Abraisa, because it says, Me'idin anu b'ishplani shakeirishas ishtai, v'nasen ksubasa. If Adam say that we're being made that this guy divorced his wife and gave her ksuba, moving over to Amad Aleph, v'hari hitachtav u'mishamashtai, but Lamaisa, she's still living and serving with him, so they're clearly living as husband and wife, and she's not divorced. So assuming the Adam are telling the truth, she wouldn't be entitled to collect the ksuba if he were to subsequently divorce her or die. The nimtu and now those Adam turned out to be in Zaymimin, ain't Iram Yashalmu called Ksubasa. We don't say that they should pay her the entire ksuba, Ella Taivasana Ksubasa. Taivasana is the smaller amount of money that you can practically get right now as an asset. Meaning a ksuba to an Isha is not necessarily worth Mosayim Zuz because maybe she'll die before him and she'll never be able to collect on it. But 
how much money could she sell the ksuba for? Let's say the ksuba is worth Mosayim Zuz. Maybe she could sell for 50 or 75. That's the Taivas Hanab. So that's what you have to pay for the Eidim Zayman. Ezawi Taivas Hanab Ksuvos. How much is it? Aimdin Kama Adam, right? Salitim Ksuvos Ashal Zu. How much would somebody be willing to pay on the Tzad they'll be able to collect on the Ksuva? Shimnis Armalo in his Garsha, that she becomes an Almana or a Grusha, and therefore the Lekech could actually collect on it. The Emesa Yerashena Bailam. But if she would die before her husband, her husband would inherit, and therefore the Lekech would receive Gornished. So now Ravidi Baravin finishes up. Now, if you'd hold that there was no Takanasusha, so Amayi Roshena Baila, why would the Bryce say that her husband would even inherit her? Tezabin Ksubasa Lagamri. If she could sell it totally, then even on the side that she dies first, she totally sells it. Vice dice, there's a Takanasusha that the husband can collect. If you want to say that her Mechira on Nichse Malug should work, that doesn't necessarily mean by Nichse Tsein Barzel would also work. Meaning, even if there was no Takanasusha, the Nichse Tsein Barzel, it makes it that there is a Kenyan Aguf even for the Baal. So you can't bring a raya from this Brysa Lagabe Takanas Usha because that was talking about Nechse Malud. Omer Abaya Taivas this Taivas of the Ksub, Hoyo Vaasaliot, and since we're already talking, name above Milsa, I'm going to say something about it. Taivas Hanah Leisha Havya. That Taivas Hanah, that discounted amount that the Lekech pays for the Ksuva, it goes to the Isha. She gets to have that money, and the husband doesn't get it at all. Disal Katetech Labal Havya, because if you'd say that he got to have that Taivas Hanah, so Lamer La Edim, let the Edim Zaymimim say to her, My Afsadinach, what laws did we try to cause you that we should now have to have? Have that punishment. Even if you would have successfully sold the ksuva at that tevis hanuk value, your husband would have taken it away anyway. So clearly, the wife keeps all of the tevis hanuk from that mechira. And therefore, when the Adam Zaymimin are saying that she received her ksuva, Adam Zaymimin now have to pay that tevis hanuk amount. But Omer of Shalman, Sishkain Raya, because Mishum Ika Revach Besa, even if the husband does get the tevis hanuk, still the Adam Zaymimin would have to pay the wife. Why? Because there's something called Revach Besa. There's more money in the house, it's more gishmak in the house, and therefore she benefits from it, and that's what now the Adam Zayman would have been depriving her. Amar Rava, Hilchas HaTavis Ali'isha, Ve'ein Habal Eichel Peres. And the husband does not get any of the payers from that income, my taima, because payra takina l'rabbanan, and payra the payra le takina l'rabbanan. Sure, the husband gets to have payers, but he doesn't get the payers from the payers, and the money that's generated based on that sale would be considered payri de payres. Getting back to Takanas Usha, ki osar of papa v'rav huna b'reidur of Yeshu Rav. Amri, they said, tanina l'takanas usha, we learned about the takanas usha in a mishnah. What mishnah? Our Mishnah, which finally understanding why in the world for this past blot are we talking about this whole story and get us get us on this whole tangent? It's because our Mishnah says, "Ha'eved va'isha pigiyas and ra." All scuffles with Avadim and Isha are going to end badly for you because ha'chayvul behen chayiv v'heim shechavlu b'acherim p'turim. If an Isha is chayvul somebody else, they're going to be putter because they don't have any money. Now, if you own hold of takanas usha and you say that a married woman can actually sell things, so tazbin nixe molug v'tite la. She has a bank account. She can sell her nechse malug, and then why can't she pay if she's chayvul somebody? Vice dice. Our Mishnah is acknowledging the existence of takanas usha. So zokta gemar ule tamech. But according to you, nihi nami di isla takanas usha. Even if there is a takanas usha v'lemotzi mizabna legamri, she can't completely sell her nechse malug, even on the side that she dies first. Has been le nechse malug b'tayvus anav b'titenle. But chach, she should at least have that amount of money of the tayvus anav. In other words, enachanami, you're right. Takanas usha would mean she can't properly sell it completely, but there still should be some value. To which the gemara says no. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a Takanas Usha so she can't really sell anything because her husband could go back and take it from the Kuchas if she dies first. But still, still she should be able to sell her for a discounted amount that what? Maybe if her husband would die first or divorce her, Lamaisa, then there was there is value to this thing. In other words, the Tevisana is less because it's only on that side. But there still is 
Epis some value and therefore she should have a bank account and therefore why can't she pay her nechbal and why is it Pikios and Ra? Ella de Lesla. It must be that our mission is talking about a case where she happens not to have any nechse malug. So okay, de Lesla. And therefore you have no raya about Takanas Usha from our Mishnah. Frek the Gemara of it has been Ksubasa Betevis and Avatitainlai. Lamaisa. What's Pshat in the halacha of Pikios and Ra? Let her sell her Ksuva and whatever she can get for it, that's what she should pay back. So Zakta Gemara ha money, you know the reason why she can't sell it? Because it's Rabbi Meir, he to Omar. You're not allowed to be married without a ksuba. So she can't sell it. It's usher. But not din. But time of mind, what's the pshat in Rav Meir? Because Kadesh lo take kalabain of lightsia. So chinami. So hachalei magarish law. But here, even if she would sell the ksuba, the husband wouldn't want to divorce her because the magarish law, if he does divorce her, also hanach tazavni, those lakuchas who came and bought it from her are going to come and govula laksuba mina and they're going to be gavi and they'll collect the ksuba from him. So lamaisa, that deterrent is still in force. So what's the reason why? The Isha can't just sell her ksuba. It's only considered mili words, umili le mishtavdi, that can't be given to the nechbal. It's nothing tangible. So someone, like the person that the Isha was chayvul, is not going to have a lien on such an intangible asset. Why not? It has cash value, so why can't you just sell it? Ella, it'll be for a different reason. Because Shmuel has this chiddish dik ha'alacha, and afterwards, the malva is moichel, the debt that's inside the shtar, moichel. And therefore, that poor Laikeh who bought it can't even collect with it. Even after the Meichel's death, his Yarshim can even do the Mechila. Therefore, we're not going to be Mechaev and Isha to pay her Nechbal with the guilt that she collected by selling her Ksuva because she can then afterwards be Meichel the Ksuva to her husband and therefore cause the Laikeh a loss. What's the Pashat Apshat in Shmuel's Halacha of Meichel's Tachiv Lechaver Vachazer Machle Machel? It's a Peldekazach. There's two basic ways in the Rishonim to understand it. You got the Riff and the Rambam that say that really Mechira's Shtar is doesn't work minhatayra. It's only a dinder abanan, and therefore that's why the mechila can still work because there was no mechira. The rabbeinu tam says there was a mechira, but there's a difference between the shibud nechasim and the shibud aguf. So since the mechila happened on the shibud aguf, it's mafkia the shibud on the nechasim. Those are the two general mahalchim in shitas shmuel. But now the gemara doesn't like that either because Amri's abu nezav in vititenla. Let her takasel the ksuv and let her be meichel. Ve'imachla le'legabe bal timchala. And if she's meichel, she's meichel. But at least now she's paid the nechbal. So Amri's like the gemara kol legabe bal vade machla le. It's not even a maybe. She will definitely be meichel. Ve'afsedine lahuzvina biadayim lo'afsedinu. And we don't want to actively cause a hefsed to that lekeach. It's for sure going to happen. And if you're going to say, let her sell the ksuva to that person that she actually was chayvel for the tayvasana, meaning use the ksuva to actually act as a way of payment to the nechbal, turning over to Amit This way, even if she would be meichel to her husband, the lekech, meaning the nechbal, doesn't actually lose anything. Because he didn't pay anything to begin with. But still, still, she is going to and we're not going to go through this charade and silliness for no upside. Therefore, if an, if an Isha is chayvul somebody, we do not require her to sell her ksuba to compensate the nechbal. Okay, so this was all discussing when a woman who's married is injuring somebody else. But let's say the woman hurts her own husband. The halacha is lehefsidik subasa. She doesn't lose her ksuba. She doesn't have to reimburse her husband by giving up on the ksuba. But am I? Tizvanina let her just pay back that amount of the chaval to her husband, al yidei l'ksuva. If she would actually be meichel l'ksuva to her husband, now there's no loss for anybody. So l'chara, that should be a good eitzah. And for the Gemara, avadei rabbi meiri. No, that's certainly... 
the brisa will be understood like Rav Meir. So she cannot do that. It's usher to not have a ksuva. Now, v'taimamai, what's the reason why Rav Meir says you can't be married without a ksuva? Here, even if the Isha doesn't want to pay off what she did to her husband by giving him the ksuva, he can always divorce her. And he can collect the ksuva gelt from her after the divorce takes place. So ihachi, and if we're so concerned about him being megarisher, hashdenami megarishla v'gavile bechavli minei. So let him divorce her and then collect the money for his chavala. So what problem would there be for her to give the ksuva back to her husband to compensate for that chavala? For the gemara, kagayin denafish ksuvasa. Talking about where the ksuva has more money in it than the actual injury she did to him. For that small amount of money to compensate him, we don't want to lose such a large amount. Now, at this point, the Gemara is assuming that the guy added a Tisephus Ksuva more than the Manamasayim. So it doesn't make sense for the husband to divorce his wife, now having to pay this whole big Tisephus Ksuva, this big prenup, just so he should be able to pay back the smaller amount of money for his injury. In fact, the Gemara of Inafishik Suvas, if you're telling me there's this, all this extra money of the Tisephus Ksuva, make Suva de Raisa above and beyond the Manamasayim, Nukma Aksuva de Raisa, Ve'idach Tezavna Niyalei Let's be Maikim her at the amount of the Iker Hadin of Ksuva, and the rest she could sell to him for the Chavala. In other words, leave the Iker amount of the Ksuva as the deterrent, which is Rav Meir's Chiyav. Rav Meir requires you to have this deterrent so you shouldn't divorce her quickly. And let's just work with that Tisephus. And for the Gemara, you're going to lay the Fisha Ksuva and Ksuva de Raisa. You didn't add on more than what the Iker Adin of Ksuva was. To have a Chavale Arbe Zuze. Maybe his injury was only four Zuzim. To Mishum Arbe Zuze, Lay Mafsid Esrim Chamishi. He's not going to lose 25 Slayim, which is 100 Zuz, to pay her Ksuva. That's all we meant. We didn't, there was never a Tisephus in the first place. Just like she can't sell a ksuva while she's still married to him, she can't lose her ksuva, meaning she can't use her ksuva as a payment while she's still married. But based on what we just said, there are some times where she is going to have to be losing her ksuva. Maybe, let's say, her ksuva is worth more than the Iker Hadin of a ksuva, than the Iker Monomasayim. And now if she has to pay back that money because of the injury, why would the Brysa says that the woman never loses her ksuva to pay for the the Chavala. Amar Rava, Seif HaSan L'Ksuvaz Ben That case of the Bryce is talking about where you have this Ksuvaz Ben for the male children. It's a totally different halacha. Because the halacha of a Ksuvaz Ben is that if an Isha dies before her husband and has surviving children who are entitled to collect her ksuva gelt from the husband's estate when he dies before dividing the estate with anybody else. And this is what the Bryson means to say. Just like an Isha who sells her ksuva to others doesn't lose the ksuva of the benindichrin, my taima, because Zuzi Huda because it was the gelt meaning this concern of the gelt that made her make the sale. So, so too, an issue who sells her ksuva to her husband shouldn't lose the ksuva of the benindichra in my time because because we assume that it was the money, meaning this financial chiv that required her to make the sale in the first place. And it's only these financial pressures that made her do the sale. So even though she sold off the schus to collect the ksuva, in case she would become a grusha or an almana, she didn't, she never intended to give up the rights for the Ksuvas Benin Dichr. And that's this Zaitiga Halacha that the Bryce was talking about. And we shall stop here and pick it up in Mirtashem next time.